Welcome back. Uh, we have a problem. We have a big problem. Uh, a problem that probably no pastor really addresses, but I'm going to address it because I really care about you. I really love you. Every church I've ever pastored, I've waded into this, and I've talked about this subject, and it's very uncomfortable. But I want to talk to you about dealing with the brokenness of adultery and, and how to prevent this, how to say that I'm not going to go down this road of, of breaking my life. Now, I've spoken about this and a lot of times, and some of you are going, I don't want my kids to hear this. Well, you know, um, don't let them hear it. But I need to talk to you about this because it's so important. I have a sacred calling to equip you and to talk to you about things that are just really difficult. And if we're going to talk about Jesus on relationships, we need to talk about the purity and the sanctity of marriage when it comes to um, dealing with this subject. We take vows, and then we break vows, and it rips the heart out of everyone involved. Is there something you could do to prevent this and to protect you from this, to protect your children from this, protect generational, uh, projected generational sin? You know, your kids learn how to be married by watching you. There's just some steps you could take that will help you not fall victim uh, to, to adultery, to affair-proof your marriage to be in it for the long haul. Now, for some of you, as I talk about this, boy, man, pain just comes back. You've got deep wounds. You don't want to hear it. And even some of you, waves of guilt are washing over you. And I'll tell you something, God's not into guilt. He's into redemption and grace. So I'm going to talk to you straight up about this. I want you to be healed. Now, if you committed this sin in the past and God has forgiven you, don't listen to the accusation of Satan. Tell Satan to shut his pie hole. You're forgiven, it's done, it's over, and I'm not going to heap shame or condemnation on you. I'm just not going to do it. I'm going to love you and I'm going to help you. But you have to deal with it. So stop feeling guilty. Now, you could take this and say, okay, I'm free from this, but I want to be used. I want God to use me to help others in this. So you got to remember on the cross, Jesus paid it all. He didn't pay some of it. He paid all of it. And he's paid for those sins. Now, some of you are thinking, well, whatever. It's nothing new to me. I'll never do this. I can't believe the pastor would teach on this. I was see thinking there's children in the room or whatever. Well, this is too important. Statistics show us the rate of divorce and affairs are high for folks in the church and outside the church. This may be you could listen and learn, repeat and rescue. Remember, this is not about you. Now, love is a decision based on commitment. For some of you, that's a big revelation. You think love... And you've been sold a bill of goods that love is a feeling or an emotion. It brings strong feelings of emotions or and emotions, but it's not. It's a decision. We fall in love like one might fall into an open manhole, a tar pit, or an uncovered well. Well, we don't. We decide to love. We are convinced that love is starlight and soft music, sweet nothings, flowers, candles, and like that. And we live happily ever after. Love is a many splendor thing. It's not true. And we fall in and out of love, to quote Tony Braxton. I keep falling in and out of love with you. Really? Can we find that loving feeling, maintain that loving feeling, and be, and be based on the commitments that bring life and riches to us? The answer is yes. Your feelings don't know if you're married or not. It's your commitments that make you married. You can feel like I'm not married. Or I feel like I don't love you anymore. And I want to tell you this. Very few people walk the aisles of marriage to end up 
breaking their vows through adultery. They just don't do it. But it happens, and it's a saddening tale. Today, let's allow God's word to guide us to be in it for the long haul and to be different because God wants us to be different. This is a tough talk, but I think it's worth us having. Father, thank you for what you're going to say to us today as we delve into this very delicate subject that might be offensive, but Father, I pray will be helpful. Please speak through me. You know, Lord, I've given this talk in the past and how I struggle with it, but God, you don't struggle with it. And I pray you guide us through your through your Holy Spirit, through the revelation of your word, that we might be different. And I pray this in your name. Amen. Now, what I want for this talk is to be more, well, more prescriptive than informational. So I don't want to dwell on things that are maybe a shady, but I want to dwell on things that are positive and hopeful that will give you tools through what Jesus says about being in for the long haul that will help you hold on to one another. So let's go down this line. Here's the first thing. Give honor to your marriage and remain faithful to one another in marriage. God will surely judge people who are immoral and who commit adultery. That's in Hebrews 13.4. So let's look at this. What causes people to stray outside of their marriage? Or what causes most affairs? Well, the first thing is really unmet expectations. We come into marriage with perceived expectations of what a marriage should be or become, and it doesn't meet that, and we think somebody else is going to meet those expectations that our spouse is not meeting. So we get wooed into that. Unresolved conflicts. That conflict, unresolved, becomes bitterness that taints our souls. And we lean away because of conflicts. Or unmet needs. They have a set of needs, expectations. There's five needs of top five needs of men, top five needs of women. We'll discuss those things uh, that your needs are not being met, so you think somebody else is going to meet those needs. Irma Bonbeck wrote a book that said, The grass is always greener over the septic tank. Just saying, what I've discovered is that women who are in the midst of an affair, in the middle of an affair, will tell their husband what a lousy husband and terrible person he's been instead of admitting their, their sinfulness. What men do, they'll tell their wife, I don't love you, I haven't loved you in a long time. Both of those are lies from Satan. And it's just basic on unmet needs. Women will bash and tear down. Men will walk away with a cold heart. None, neither one of those are from God. Unmet expectations. And then there's... Underdeveloped self-worth are the false view of adulthood. You say, well, I'm an adult. I can do what I want to. You're an adult. You have responsibilities. You make commitments. What are you doing? Now, not in a spirit of judgment, but a spirit of loving correction. Hello? What are you doing? Selfishness. I've heard this over and over. Well, God just wants me to be happy. But he doesn't want you to commit adultery. And so if your happiness and your promiscuity or tied, there's something wrong there. That's not of God. I had a guy one time, he was involved with another woman. He, he went away on a spiritual retreat. he come back. He said, God told me I was divorced my wife. I said, I'm going to tell you something, brother. God didn't tell you that. It's not God. Thank God. It's your selfishness. And he destroyed his marriage and her marriage. There, there was a happy ending out of that, but boy, it was a mess at the beginning of it. Ignorance. I think I can get away with something. You can't. Can't. So what do we have to do? Now let's, let's just be prescriptive now. I have to make a commitment to live God's standards. 
When I make a commitment to live God's standards, then everything changes. How can a person stay pure, says in Psalm 119.9, by obeying your word and following its rules? Oh, Proverbs 5.15, drink water from your own well, share your love only with your wife. Oh, sex is for marriage. Um, it's not for not married folks. It's for marriage. Now, we live in a, a society today that says this and that and the other. You know, God, God gives gender and he gives orientation. And God's not confused by a male and female relationship under the bounds of marriage. And I, I don't want to be offensive and I don't want to create drama, but I'm going to tell you this. Any sexual activity outside the bonds of one, one man and one woman in marriage is perversion. There, said it. That doesn't mean I'm judging you. That doesn't mean I don't love you. I do. I do love you. I'm not judging you. But marriage described biblically is one man and one woman in a committed relationship for life. And that's where the sexual relationship happens. And God's not confused about it. He's very clear. Just say it. Now, some of you say, well, I'm never coming back to your church. That's really sad because you're not going to find anybody who's going to love you more or help you more than we are. But that's the truth that we stand on it. Adultery is never an option. Never. I don't care what you've been told or what you believe or what you feel. It's not an option. I'm going to live by God's standards. There's no exceptions and there's no excuses. It's not an option. So if I take that off the board as an option then I have to do some things. I have to publicly commit to my spouse. Some of you say, you always talk about Tara. Yeah, I do, because I want you to know I'm publicly committed to her. She is my wife. I love her. She is my life. Jesus is a 10, and Tara is a 9.999 in my level of love. Wow. And because I love Jesus... I can love Tara. Let everyone know that I'm off limits, that you're off limits. Now, <laughs> the way I look and the age I am, it's not hard to be the off limits. But the truth is, you've got to send that message that you're not going to flirt, you're not going to do these things, you are off limits. Be safe. Watch your flirting. Uh, you've got to remember, men bond visually and women bond relationally. Be smart in your relationships with men and women. We have some rules around our office that we will not ride in a car with a woman that's not our spouse. We will not go to dinner or to supper with someone that of the opposite sex that's not our spouse. We take two or three with us. We go in pairs. We go in, in triplets or quadruplets. We don't do this. We protect each other. We do these things because we want to be wise. Not because we're deviants. It's because just when you think you won't do it, you will. In fact, Satan loves a challenge. So admit your dependence on God. Understand the consequences, the second thing. But men who, a man who cuts, commits adultery is an utter fool, for he destroys his own soul. says that in Proverbs 6.32. Destroy my soul? Yeah. Sexual sin stains deeper than any other sins because it's linked to your soul. We become flesh of one flesh in the bond of marriage, and sexual sin brings confusion and shame. So I understand the consequences. I love Tara and Caleb and Kayla and John and those little girls in this church too much to destroy it with that. I love Jesus too much. 
I want my life to be a blessing. I don't want God's judgment. I, I know Jesus forgives my sins and he does that, but I want to live with him and not live with the consequences of my rebellion. So I have to understand the consequences. So I'm going to take some steps, proactive steps. I'm going to keep my marriage strong. That's what I'm going to do. The husband should not deprive his wife of sexual intimacy, which is a right as a married woman, nor the wife deprive her husband. That's 1 Corinthians 7.3. Did you know that was there? There it is. So I have to keep the romance alive in, in our marriage. Date nights and getaways and gifts and notes and flirting with my wife and text messages and phone messages and all these things to be best friends, to have no secrets and no worries, to be transparent with one another. Give her I give her access to everything, passwords and everything. I don't want to cover anything up. To be spiritually connected to her, to commit, to, to connect, to grow, to serve and share, have a life that's built by God and a marriage that's built by God. It's the most important thing I do is to maintain a strong marriage. The most important thing you do you're going to see us do more intentional things like date night, getaways, and marriage retreats, and things like that. And I'm doing more and more podcasts on relationships because we want to strengthen your marriage because it's that important. Now, here's a really deep theological thought. Don't be stupid. Just don't be stupid. Run from anything that stimulates you full lust. Follow anything that makes you want to do right. Pursue faith and love and peace and enjoy the companionship of those who call the Lord with a pure heart. That's 2 Timothy 2, 22. God, your thoughts, thoughts. Take captive those thoughts. Sin start, starts with a thought, and a thought will lead to temptation, and the temptation will often lead to an, to an action. Now, remember, it's not a sin to be tempted, but it's a sin to act on that temptation. Many of us are, are tempted. So we rationalize our choices. I hear people say this, well, we just got married too young. Really? Really? Or... Oh, she's changed or he's changed over the course of our marriage. I'm going to tell you something. You're going to change. Your body's going to change. You're going to grow hair, not on your head, but other places. You're going to change. You're not going to be the same you were when you were 20 and a hunk of hunk of burning love. You're going to become a 60 and a smoldering dumpster fire. So just saying. That's the way life works. Well, I haven't loved her in a long time, really, because you turned your attention to someone else. Or he's not what I expected as a husband. Guess what? Hello, he's a man. You've got to pay attention and watch the drift. Honor your marriage. Beware of peer pressure. You can't act single when you're married. Um, there's sexual predators. There's people that are going to be promiscu promiscuous. I heard my wife said this one time, and I, th I think she's very wise. She said, oftentimes when a group of girls go out together and they act single when they're married, there's always one dangerous one in the crowd who will lead everyone else astray. Wow. Think about that with guys, too, guys. There's always someone who does things that should not be done, or you go places you should not go, or you're on business, or you're whatever, and just don't be stupid. I can't tell you the number of guys I've counseled who messed up, had an affair on their wife while they're away on business because number one, they drank too much, or they were there where they were where they're not supposed to be, doing what they were not supposed to be doing. Don't be dumb. Uh, back when I lived in Montgomery, I drive down by this this uh, farm, and it had a buffalo on the farm. 
and I'd drive by and I'd look at that buffalo. I never was tempted to stop and get into the pasture with the buffalo because the dead gum thing would have stomped me to death. There's so many of us, you're tempted, you're, stay away from the buffalo. Stay away. You got people in your life that are buffalo, stay away from them. If you're tempted by someone, if you feel the buzz or the urge or, or you're attracted, stay away from them. It's better to change jobs and move out of town than to fall victim to an affair. Well, Scott, you're kind of hard. Yeah, because I kind of love you. No secrets, no worries. No secrets, no worries. Watch what you look at. Pay attention to what you're viewing. Uh, look at your feeds and your. And pay attention. May a pact with your friends and your spouse that you're not going to be persuaded by things you don't need to be persuaded by. Um, now, singles, most of the stuff applies to you too. It's not just for married folk. It's for you too. Don't think this can't happen to you. If you think you're standing strong, be careful, for you too may fall in the same sin. It says in 1 Corinthians 10, 10, 12. Examine your life and know your weaknesses. Choose your friends wisely. Be accountable. And when you decide to live all for Jesus, guarantee hell hears it as well. And Satan will come after you. That's why you need a life group. That's why you need accountability. That's why you need people with you. And this is what protects you. Form marriage covenant teams. Well, what does God want me to do? Well, if you're in an affair, stop it. Repent of it. Cut it off. Get away from it. Get into accountability. Get your life back on track. Get in counseling. If you're tempted, run away. Run, Forrest, run. Run away. Um, if you find yourself intentionally dressing to impress someone or putting on cologne to make yourself smell good for someone other than your spouse, you better watch the drift. Pay attention. If someone in your office, if you find yourself swinging by their desk every day to say hi, pay attention. Be wise. Let no one be closer to you than your spouse. If you're in trouble with addictions, get help. Get help. Make a commitment now, no matter your past, to never have sex outside of marriage. No matter your past, no matter your temptation, make a commitment today and decide to live all for Jesus. Y'all, I just feel like I just beat you up. I didn't mean to. I love you so much. And I want to give you some things that I've taught for years that will help you live a life a peace and hope and joy and bliss of God and Holy Spirit. And I want to say this last thing to you. It's not how you start, it's how you finish. No matter what you've done, what you, where you've gone, what you've become, Jesus loves you. Come home to him. And we're here as a church to help you, without judgment, without, with love, to help you build a life that honors him. That's why we exist. Take your next step. Come to Jesus. Give your life to him. Repent. Turn around. Make a commitment. Be different. And I know this has helped. If you're offended by this, I am. I'm sorry. But it's too important not to address, especially in a forum like this called the church. Out of love. Out of love. Father, thank you for what we've heard from your word today and just the practicality of what we're supposed to be about and how we're supposed to live. And Lord, I know I... 
I don't have my act together. I'm not what I'm supposed to be. But, oh, Lord, I know you have your act together. And all of this is from you and of you and about you and not about me. And, and so, God, I pray that you take these words, these teachings that we just delivered, and let them find lodging in the hearts of those who just heard, that we might be protected from the lies of Satan and the debauchery of the enemy to drag us down and destroy our lives. Help us to live all for you. Father, there's some who've heard this. They're just under tremendous guilt because they're right in the middle of it. I pray you give them the courage. Show them the way out. Deliver them. Some that need to give their life to you right now, let them whisper, Jesus, I'm yours. Father, whatever they are, whatever they've done, let them know that they are always safe to come to you and always safe to come to your church family. Father, I love you and I thank you that you're good. And I pray this in your son's strong name. Amen. I'm going to close today by saying, I'll remind you, I love you, I care about you, and um, I'm glad that we had this talk. As difficult as it is, I pray that it'll help you live your life all for Jesus. Uh, tune into the group materials. We talk about generational sin and uh, how to avoid that and how to look past that and how to live beyond it. So I love you. God bless you. I'll see you again soon.